This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Oh my God, you guys, I am so excited. We have Carrie Burke on Seeing Other People today. Carrie Burke, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so looking forward to talking to you. Okay. Let's backstory. First of all, my real life rom-com out now. Congratulations. How does it feel? It's crazy. I still don't believe it. Like I keep waiting for it to sink in. I don't think it has yet. It's it's one of those things where I feel like I remember when I was going to become like a senior in high school or like a grad, like graduating high school, graduating college. And I was like, Oh, like eventually I'll feel it. Like I'll feel like I just entered a new chapter and I never, there was never that one feeling. It was kind of just like, this is it now. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like I, I don't know. I think it first hit me when like I got the book, I guess. No, it first hit me at the book cover photo shoot and I started crying. And then the second time it hit, it was when I got like, the advanced reading copies and like now it's like slowly sinking in, but it's still just like surreal. Just looking <laughs> at it in front of me, surreal. Well, well, congratulations. It is such an incredible book. I'm so excited to tell everyone about it and hopefully Thank get you. everybody to read it. I feel like I want to give you a hug right now because while reading it, I felt like you were me and you were just reciting <laughs> parallel experiences that like I lived throughout my teenage years and my early twenties. And that's one of the things that's so special about this book and about all of your experiences that you kind of detailed is they're so relatable, but I'm sure when you were going through it, you felt like you were the only person in the world experiencing it. Exactly. Yeah. I think when I was writing it, I, I was writing it down at first for myself. Like it wasn't even a book at first. It was just like diary entries, personal essays I was writing for myself. And I was using it as a form of like self-therapy in a way to try and just like reflect on experiences and, you know, analyze them for myself. And then eventually I just put them all together and I realized this book was so much bigger than me. This is something that so many girls out there can relate to. And it's, I think and you can attest to this too, like it's so specific. Like the way I describe my experiences are very specific. It's not like cliched. Like if I'm telling you I got my heart broken, then I'm going to tell you what it really felt like. I'm not just going to say I got my heart broken. I'm going to tell you how did it feel in my fingers and my toes and 
you know, when I dropped to the ground and I took my breath away, like very specifically how these moments in love felt to me. Were you writing these things down as they were happening or was it like recalling it later on? Because part of me was like, this is so, to your point, specific Mm -hmm. where I really feel like I'm there. I really feel like this happened to her and it happened to me, but I could never like recreate the conversations that I had in the way that you did. So some of them were like right after. So it, it depends. Basically, I started writing this book when I was like 17, I think unofficially when I was 18 because the first part of the book I wrote after my first heartbreak but I didn't know it was my book it was just a diary entry and I put it aside so when I was 17 I was starting to put my book together and there were I had a chapter outline of a few chapters I knew I wanted to reflect on from the past from when I was 16 and a little bit before But as I was going through these experiences dating during the pandemic as I was writing my book, I was just like, this is perfect. Like, this is going to make so much sense. So if it was like a a quick, like one-off, like a one-timer thing, I would just sit down at my computer the next day and like write it all down and write the chapter. If it was a prolonged thing, like I'm trying to think, there was a guy I talked to for like eight months that I dated in the book. And after like that kind of went to shit, I just like sat down at my computer and I wrote it all down but I kind of knew one of those nights that it was going to be like done. So when I was like mm-hmm. sitting in the bathroom at like the movie theater, like writing down notes. For oh my book. God. I know the tea. Um, there was one time, like it was like some crazy experience in like LA that I was having and I wanted to be like focused in the moment. And I was texting my friend and I was just like, please save this for the book. Like write a list, like to write down a list for me and send this to me tomorrow. So I love that. I I think that is so perfect because it it is so real. And I think that's what makes it so like, I want to hug you because you <laughs> recited all of my experiences too. Um, I can't wait to talk about all of the different dating stories you went into. Before we do that, quick little icebreaker. We're going to play a few cards of where do you draw the line? So the options here, I'm going to give you scenarios and it's either deal breaker, red flag, indifferent, or that's me. Fun. Okay, let's go. I may or may not have curated them specifically for you. Of course. <laughs> they okay. don't believe in marriage. Wait, okay, list the three again. Okay, red deal breaker, red flag, indifferent, or that's me. Okay, and these are like a guy. Is if this was yes. Okay, um, deal, yeah. breaker. deal breaker. They don't believe in marriage. Deal breaker. Oh, this is so good. You did based on the book. <laughs> they dated your best friend. <laughs> red flag <laughs> I'm, foreshadowing I mean it, it like probably should be a deal breaker but like I don't know based on like the chapter in the book she's referring to if you guys don't know there's a chapter in the book best friend's ex-boyfriend where I have a thing with my best friend's ex and it doesn't really go well so we'll, we'll, just, we'll leave that one at red flag for now do you do you think there's a scenario where it could work I think it's going to be weird. Not anymore. I think at one point I did. Like if you asked me a few years ago, I probably would have said like, yeah, as long as the friend says yes. But like my friend said yes time and time again. And I still like saw a look in her eyes every time I talked about him. 
and it just wasn't the same. Also, like every time I was introducing the guy to someone, like when he not there, obviously, it was like, oh my God, I met this guy. He's actually my best friend's ex. Like it would always, he would always be the best friend's ex. He would never just be his name. Your person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hear that. I get that. They spend more than one hour a day on TikTok. I feel like that's cute. <laughs> like that's me. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's me too. Um, and they repost cheesy quotes on social media. On like a story or a feed. <laughs> okay. Whatever their heart desires. Uh, okay. I feel like this is like oddly specific, but if it's on a close friend's story, I feel like that's fine. Like that's me. Like I do that. But if it's like on your feed, that's just like weird. I feel like a mature man is like posting his life on his feed, like what he's up to, and not like comedy. Like I feel like a mature comedy. man isn't posting anything, but that's okay, a double standard. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. if, if, like, if we can do it, so can they. Not an influencer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where do you draw the line? Woo. Okay. That was fun, Carrie. I love that game. I love it. It's such a fun game. It's like it's honestly an amazing date game. I'm going to write it down. I, I have a boyfriend now. I'm going to like get it for him. That was one of my questions. So excited to hear how that started. Cause that is not a chapter in the book. No, I, I met him the month after I turned in the manuscript for the book. But even, even if I did know him when I turned in the book, I care about him way too much and respect his privacy way too much to write about him. I always say I write for him like love letters and such, but I do not write about him. I actually feel like it's perfect and makes sense that you met right after you were finished with the book. Like writing this book mm-hmm. was a journey that you had to go on for yourself. And you talk about it at the end of the book too, where you had to overcome and work through like anxiety and all these different things to end up really figuring out who you were and how you wanted to be you. And mm-hmm. figuring that out is such an important step for anyone to actually make space to be somebody else's partner. Yeah, for sure. I think when I was going through anxiety for the first time, I just thought there was something wrong with me. Nobody could ever love me if I showed this side of myself. And like throughout the book, I mentioned in like my first love chapter that we never had any conflict. We never fought. It was just always very surface level. He only saw like the best parts of me and I only saw the best parts of him. And that's part of the reason why it didn't work among other things. But when you find someone who is really your person. I think that's someone who's able to see those darker sides of you and is able to sit with you and listen to you and just be whatever you need them to be in that moment and look at you non-judgmentally. Like that's something I never achieved, unfortunately, in this book, but always wanted. And I feel like now that I've achieved that, I feel like I have like a greater appreciation for it. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? It is so normal, but it's not talked about and it makes all of us going through it feel really alone and frustrated. And I'm one of those women and I have been so self-conscious about my hair thinning and shedding for so long. That is why I'm eternally grateful that I found Nutrafol last year. And honestly, I wish I had tried it sooner. When my team asked me recently if I wanted to team up with Nutrafol, I have never said yes to something faster. Nutrafol has become a part of my routine that I can't live without because of how much 
much it's helped me. And I truly could not recommend it more highly. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And it is so easy to start your hair journey. You can take the hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root cause. Because everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. That's why Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, as well as for different lifestyles like plant-based diets. And I know, I know, it can be hard to commit long-term to doing something every single day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automatic delivery ensures that you'll never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. If I can do it, so can you. It's kind of funny that I'm recording this right now as I'm literally about to go get a haircut because my hair is probably the longest it's ever been right now and my hair never used to grow. But now it does and it's really all thanks to Nutrafol. Plus, I am so grateful to be going into my wedding feeling confident about my hair and that is definitely not something I expected to be able to say before starting Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners a $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. I'm not just a girl on the go these days. I am a chicken running around with its head cut off. Two podcasts, wedding planning, wedding attending, dog momming, traveling, and trying to eat well, move my body, and stay sane all at once is not a recipe for success. That's why I've turned to my recipe masters, aka Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat meals that taste delicious, make me feel good, and take a major thing off of my to-do list. Factor's meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and there are more than 35 options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Guys, I seriously can't say enough good things about Factor's meals. They take two minutes to heat up, which means I can pop them in the microwave between recordings, or I can grab a ready-made smoothie from the fridge on my way to a workout class, or I can even have dinner ready for me and Jake after a really long day of work without lifting a finger. It has changed so much and has really made me feel like there's one last thing I need to worry about. And I feel good after eating the meals. Like they're so delicious and nutritious. You can order as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. And you can pause or reschedule whenever you need, which has been really helpful for me with on and off traveling that I've had over the last few months and over the next few months. And you guys know I love when things make sense financially and factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So you save money and you don't have to go anywhere to pick them up. Factors roasted garlic butter salmon and their tomato basil chicken risotto are two of my favorites that I keep ordering on repeat, but honestly, every single one of their meals has lived up to the hype. And of course, we are hooking you guys up. Head to factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 and use code seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. That's code seeingotherpeople50 at factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. No, absolutely. I think there's so much truth to that. Like you have to experience, you don't have to experience, but experiencing the darker side of dating or experiencing getting your heart broken, it mm-hmm. makes you appreciate when you do find somebody who treats you the way you deserve. And there was, I forget who it was, but you pointed out from one of the guys you wrote about in a chapter, you pointed out how like from that person you learned how you wanted to be treated. Yeah. And even if it didn't work out, you still got to walk away 
with that. And that is a huge win and something that it's really mm-hmm. difficult to grasp when you're getting your your heart's getting broken and you're upset and you want to be with this person that no longer wants to be with you. But there's still that takeaway like, oh, wow, from this person, I learned how I deserve to be treated. And I yeah. will find that again with somebody who will do it even more, who still like wouldn't dream of losing me. Absolutely. I think I took something away from each one of these guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the one you're referring to, there's a chapter called the shy guy where the guy is super shy and Mm. I take away that like basically the irony that the shy guy taught me how to assert myself in a relationship like I learned from a shy guy that like the importance of asserting yourself because when he wasn't able to assert himself and what he wanted to me like that just like stressed the importance of like not only having someone who does that but also like doing that myself as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, it reminds you how important it is to express your needs and say what's on your mind because they can't read your mind. And especially if they're not going to take charge, I think it's amazing that you had that experience to learn like, okay, well, if Carrie wants something done or if Carrie has something to say, or if Carrie wants to do this thing, like Carrie can speak up for herself. Like Carrie doesn't have to just wait for this guy to do everything and say everything. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like you see the progression throughout the book, like a girl at 16 who just relied on a girl, uh, relied on a guy to make her feel special. And, you know, towards the end of the book, it's really just like a self-love anthem, like in writing, just me really showing like who, this is who I am. And this is the type of guy I know I deserve. I don't need to wait for anyone to come to me I'm just gonna do me and be myself and you know have a good time and I was on the dating apps towards the end of the book I'm just gonna present myself hi here's who I am if you don't like that cool goodbye and that's kind of where I left it at the end of the book without giving away too much (laughs) yeah no I think that's perfect and I think that is the exact mindset you need to be in in order to actually Mm-hmm. meet your person or meet somebody you can build a partnership with because if you're just wanting to be in a relationship so badly and I I was in that position for so long where I just wanted to be wanted yeah and I was never going to end up building something with somebody because I was just going to take whatever I could get mm-hmm. and I was accepting way less than I deserved and I was feeling horrible about it all the time because I knew well this person isn't treating me well but at least they want to spend time with me. So I'll take what I can get. Mm. That thing you talk about, like wanting to be wanted. That's something I really explore a lot in the book. Just like that feeling, especially like as a a teenager and someone in their twenties, like you just want to feel wanted. You want to feel loved and special and all these amazing things. But like, it sounds cliche, but it just really starts with yourself. Like as soon as you can rely on yourself for those things, independent of another person like that's when you'll really find your person like it's funny like when I finished the book at the beginning of the year I turned it in I was in a place where I was like happily single and finally like for the first time in my life like I felt like I didn't need to search for a boyfriend like it had been like this never-ending search like on dating apps like I didn't find a boyfriend and I was just in a place where I was like you know what if I find my person that's great but if I don't, I'm okay too. 
And as soon as that was my mindset, that's when I found someone. It's so annoying because it's like, oh, you'll find someone when you least expect it. it it's not that. It's, yeah. you'll, it's more like you're more likely to find somebody when you don't feel like you need somebody to complete you because yeah. you're really proud of who you are and that energy is attractive to other people. Mm-hmm. It's not that you'll find someone when you least expect it, but no. I, no, but, but, but also kind of. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. I feel like you find like real love when the two of you are just like two independent souls yes. that come together, not you know, one person searching for validation and another person searching for validation and you're constantly like back and forth, like validating each other. Like, no, you have to be able to validate yourself. He has to be able to validate himself. And then you both come together and you make each other shine brighter. Like that's, exactly. that's what it is. That's what it should be. And I feel like we, we all find ourselves in so many situations where that is not the case, but, but we live and we learn and then we get to where we need to be. Exactly. I want to go back to kind of the beginning of your journey. So you're 20, right? Yes. Okay. I'm 29 and I feel really old right now, but I'm not, I'm 29 and that's okay. (laughs) I just turned 29. Clearly I'm having an issue with it. Um, you from the start, and this is a theme throughout your situationships and relationships, Mm -hmm. Snapchat. Yeah. I want to talk about this because I did not have Snapchat when dating like Snapchat first came out when I was I remember the first time I heard about Snapchat I was going into college and my friend said she would only send me a picture post nose job if I did it on Snapchat because yeah. it would disappear in 24 hours I'm like what, what the hell is Snapchat um so I didn't have social media like we had Facebook and we were uploading really embarrassing pictures onto Facebook but most of our conversations, like we had flip phones where we had to like press three buttons to send texts and type letters. So it was really awesome for me to read about how big of a role Snapchat played. I'm curious what it was like for you. Like when, first of all, did you start on social media personally and professionally? And what was it like having Snapchat as a part of your dating journey from literally the age of 13, if it's earlier? So the first part of the question, I got social media when I was about 10. Like I was really young. I had an Instagram at first. I really just posted photos of friends, just used it for fun. In terms of using it professionally, I was about 16 and I started a fashion blog and just wanted to like promote it, I guess, a little bit more. So I turned my Instagram into more, a more professional space and posted like, fashion photos my account kind of grew I was like a micro influencer per se like 100k and then over the pandemic I blew up on TikTok and that's kind of how that whole thing came to be and how every everything grew so in terms of Snapchat that was something that I would use primarily for like friends I used it professionally for like a period of time when I was like monetizing off of Snapchat Spotlight. That lasted like a year, but anyway, that's an aside. But in terms of using it for friends in dating, I think as a 13-year-old girl, if you didn't have a Snapchat, you were like an outsider. Like you needed a Snapchat to like snap a guy. Like you don't you didn't ask for a guy's number. Like that wasn't the thing in 
middle school. Like you would ask for a guy's snap, like, Hey, what's your snap? And then you'd like snap each other back and forth, like these perfect selfies. So as you bring up social media is such a big part of dating today, whether you're 13 or 18, social media is a big part of it. I think about like dating apps, how people swipe on dating apps. Dating apps are really a form of social media. And I don't want to speak on behalf of the general population, but let's just say most of these people swiping are looking at the photo and that's it. So that's, that's, I think the main problem, like it's really rooted in Snapchat because we just send like sexy photos back and forth in middle school. But like, what is a dating app? Like we're looking through pictures of these guys and are we really scrolling down and like reading the blurbs sometimes but it's usually just like oh is that guy cute like can I see myself with him I'm gonna heart him like you, right. sometimes you don't even give like the blurbs the time of day so that's the main difference did it feel like it added an extra layer of pressure to like look good when you were going to school and stuff if you were going home and like putting on makeup or like a cute top to like send a Snapchat, but then like you had to go to school the next day and see this person in the halls or by the lockers Mm -hmm. or in class. So I feel like if you're like looking good on like in your bedroom at night, you have to continue to look good the next day. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount. So keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. So yes, in middle and high school, I would wear makeup and straighten my hair pretty much every single day to go to school. And it was exhausting, especially in middle school when I was trying to fit in. Like I would just be in full beat like every day. I think when I reached really like my senior year of high school and the people closest to me know that this I just like didn't give a fuck anymore like I didn't care about friends because I didn't have friends and I was sick of trying to make friends it was stupid I was sick of chasing guys they were all losers they were rude like I I went into my senior year of high school and I was like I am just done like this is stupid I like sat alone at lunch every day and I'd FaceTime like my famous TikToker friends from LA and I did not give two shits. Like I really did not care. I spent my free periods in the library and I would show up to school and I'd have pimples all over my face and I would not care. 
So I just reached a point where I was like so, I think, confident in myself and I didn't really care about the way I was like presenting myself every day. Like I didn't need to try too hard. Like if someone thought I was cute, like they should think I'm cute with like a pimple on my nose. Like they, they, I shouldn't have to be in like a full beat every day. I love, love, love <laughs> that. I want to like shout that from the freaking rooftops right now because it's so true. Like, and that's why I think it, as cheesy as it is, you have to be yourself in dating because if you go, I remember like there were so many people where I was afraid, like we'd get like five, six, seven dates in. And I was like, okay, well I've looked really good every single time. Like at what point can I like wear leggings and a yeah. shirt and like not wear mm-hmm. makeup? And my fiance, Jake on our third date, it was the day after I got my first COVID vaccine Mm -hmm. and I felt so sick I like literally couldn't lift my arm like he had to like cut my food for me yeah we ended up going back to my apartment and I just changed into sweatpants and like took my makeup off and I was like this is somebody I feel comfortable to do that around like that is a huge green flag similarly not so similarly on my third date with my current boyfriend my grandma died and he had to take me home and sit with me so I also had very early on had to show myself not at 100 with my friend. I'm I'm so sorry to hear that, but I imagine it was nice to, to see for him to see that side of you and for you to see like, this is somebody who can show up for me. Exactly. It it was really interesting. Like it was, I knew I liked him, but obviously like it's the third date, like you're not totally sure. And then like, I get the call, like in the middle of my date that my grandma died and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? So then I just start like crying in front of him and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like this is super awkward. Like I don't really know what to tell you. Like basically she was in the ICU when my mom called and he, I asked him to like take me home and sit with me until I, until she was gone. Cause I didn't want to be alone. And I feel like most guys would like run <laughs> be like, this is too much. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go like, I'll see you later. But he sat with me until my parents got home. This is the third date. Like he sat with me until my parents got home. He said flowers the next day. Like just a really, really good guy. And I feel like that's that's really mortifying. Like if you find someone who's able to stay with you when you're vulnerable and, you know, see you when you're low and still care for you, like that's when you know you found like a really mature guy. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that, you know, he came home with you and met your parents on your third date or had he already met them? So no. So what happened was, okay, if we're going into a full story, um, let's do it. (laughs) The next chapter. chapter. He's home for literally like 10 minutes and the doorman calls and he's like, your mom is home. And we're like, Oh my God. Like she, Oh my God. I love that. And I was like, Oh my God. Like my grandma must be dead. Like what am I supposed to do? So oh, I was like, I was like, we gotta get you out of here. Like we just gotta get you out of the house. So I'm like rushing him out. I like open the door. It's my mom. I'm like, no, 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 no. So then I, I close the door on on my boyfriend and I say to my mom, I gave her a hug and I was like, do you mind going in the neighbor's house a sec? Like we're really close with our neighbors. I was like, just go in the neighbor's house so like I can I can get rid of him. That's like what I said. Like I hardly knew him at the time. I was like, sorry. yeah. And then so I like rushed him out. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, blah, blah, blah. like walking into the elevator. The elevator door opens and it's my dad. And I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it was the most awkward encounter. They were like, uh, 
nice, nice to meet you. And everyone's like in, in between tears. Oh and my God. It was so awkward. Once like that happened, like the awkward elevator encounter, I was like, this is it. Like I blew it. <laughs> this is totally blew it. And then I got a text as soon as he got home. I got the flowers the next day. It was absolutely wonderful. So <laughs> that well, was that was the beginning of our relationship. The week my grandma died. I'm so sorry about your grandma, but I'm so happy that he was able to show up for you. And and if you could get through that awkward, chaotic moment, you can get through anything. Exactly. From date number three. Like that's yeah. what you know. <laughs> I, I was curious throughout the book, and I wanted to ask this. So this is a perfect way to tie it in. Yeah. You live with your parents. Yes. You're 20, so that makes sense. Um, but you, I feel like there were a lot of anecdotes where you would come home late at night or, you know, the boy would go up the elevator with you and that would be your end. Like, what role do you think your parents played throughout these situations? Or, like, how did living with your parents and being yeah. open with them. Cause it seems like you were very open with them about what was going on with these mm-hmm. guys. Like how did, has that impacted your dating life? So I'm an only child. So it's, I'm very open with my parents about everything, I guess that's going on in my life. I think it has its pros and cons because when I'm going through heartbreak, for example, they're always there for me to sit with me. I have someone to come home to, on the other hand, like when I get home at midnight, I feel like they gradually like warmed up to it over time. Like my parents are really cool about that. It's gotten better as I've gotten older. I have this one anecdote in the book where I'm 17 and like a 28 year old guy takes me upstairs and I get in this huge fight with my mom over it because I'm like, I think I was 18. No, I was 18, but I was like newly 18. So she was like freaking out. Like, oh my God, you're like a minor basically. And there's a guy who's almost 30 and yada, yada, yada. So we've, we've had our moments. There are a bunch of times where it's definitely like gotten in the way, but they always have my best interests at heart, no matter how much I want to admit it. So (laughs) I'm very grateful. Like now I'm looking for apartments finally, God bless. And I think, I feel like I'm finally like primed and ready for it. Like they've really set me the path to be independent over these past three years, almost three years as an adult. I'm almost 21. I laughed a lot to myself when in the book you came back after seeing that guy who was like 28 um, and your mom freaked out because it it was so unfortunate because that storyline, like that night seemed so mature and wonderful and like a New York city fairy tale romance. Like there, there was nothing wrong with anything that happened but I understand that any mom would freak out that yeah. their 18 year old daughter is like, Oh, I just met a boy who I'm in love with. Who's 28. Yeah. I was, it was I don't know. It was stupid. I think part of the reason why it was stupid <laughs> is because I, I don't know. So many things could have gone wrong. Like I mentioned, like I, I let him take me to the park like in the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> I, I let him order the car home. Like he could have changed the address to God knows. Yeah. There's so many things that could have gone wrong, which I get it. Right. But I was newly 18. I was enjoying my freedom as an adult. I just quote unquote freedom. Yeah. Freedom. I just didn't really <laughs> realize that like, just cause I can sign my own contracts doesn't mean I'm like fully free yet. Cause unfortunately I'm still under their roof. Yes. Are there any guys that you wrote about or didn't write about that you regret and would undo if you could? 
Um, no, I mean, I, I say I like live with no regrets. I feel like a lot of people say that, <laughs> but I, I really do. I learned a lot from each and every one of them. There are some things I wish I could have done differently in some of the situations. I mean, like one comes to mind, like the Aristotle addict. There's, there's this guy that I was total asshole. I kept going back to him over and over and over and over and over again, probably like five times until I realized he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't right. But I just kept like going back to him. I feel like if I could go back in that situation, I probably would have cut it off way earlier. So small yeah. things like that. But at the end of the day, like looking back and reflecting on each one, I feel like these all taught me such important lessons and really just set me up for the type of man and the type of love that I deserve. Do you think you realized what those lessons were as you were experiencing them, as you were like processing them, or was it until later when you were reflecting and writing about them that so, you were able to pull them out? As I mentioned, a lot of them I wrote, a lot of chapters I wrote like the day after. So with that Aristotle guy, for example, that was a, a thing that went on for like a year, a year and a half. And I was kind of like taking notes along the way, like just in case like this didn't work out because I kind of knew it wouldn't work out. I would love to read the notes app on your phone. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I think I may have posted it on one point. Well, I can't share it because the real names are in it. So you look through True. every name like a million times. But for that one in particular, like I... I came home from that experience and I knew it was done and I just started writing down everything and I didn't really know like what the takeaway was, what the lesson was. So I was learning that lesson as I was writing it. Like I was analyzing it and trying to make sense of it for myself. And once I like finished like hit the last period, I was like, okay, I'm satisfied. If there's one dude, the last chapter in my book after we broke up, I was so heartbroken. I hadn't written a single word about him. There was no, there were no notes. Like I thought we were going to make it. There were no notes. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start from scratch on this chapter. This is going to be tough. So I, I've spoken about this in my book. I don't like the Hamptons. I have a lot of negative memories there. Like I, I trap myself in my room there. I hate it. So I turned to my dad. Like, nobody really knows this. I turned to my dad and I'm like, we're going to go to the Hamptons for a few days so I can write this chapter. Like I'm going to lock myself in my room and I'm going to write this chapter. So that's exactly what I did. I spent like three days in my room, just like writing, 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 like getting it done, trying to write my chapter and also get over my breakup at the same time. It really gave me some closure and helped me analyze what happened. And the funny thing is once I was done, I was like, okay, let's go home. We get in the car to go home. And I'm like, wait, 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 da, 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 da. I was like, I, I just forgot like one more thing that I want to write. Can you like stop? Like, can I go like use the Wi-Fi in our living room a sec and just like write it down? So I had to like, go back in and like fix it. But stuff like that. But it worked. You did it. It worked. <laughs> yeah. There's two things I want to talk about that we kind of just played with a little. In terms of moving on, you wrote something in one of your early chapters about it was after um, your first love mm -hmm. this concept of you actually said I banished the phrase moving on from my vocabulary mm -hmm. I want to hear why I know I read why but I want everyone to hear why because I thought this yeah. was really really profound and Thank you. wise so that is it actually like makes me so so happy that you pulled that out because that's my favorite passage of the whole entire book so oh my god okay so I love happy. that uh, this is like my favorite thing I've wrote in this book. So 
yeah, that chapter, that chapter was my first chapter I wrote. That section was one of the last chapters, the last sections I wrote. That's a little box at the end of the chapter. So I talk about how, you know, your first love, there's always going to be some emotions attached. And a few years later, like it could be three, four years later, and you'll still feel something randomly, whether it's in the form of a social media post, you see his name pop up somewhere. It doesn't mean that you have still have feelings for him. It just means that you felt something for him. You're human. So I talked about how like moving on is that doesn't really make sense. That's like kind of linear. Like why, why are we trying to move on from something? Like it makes it seem like there's an, an end point that we're trying to reach when there's really no end point in trying to get over a heartbreak because it can strike you whenever. And you can't be like searching for like, you know, the one year mark to feel better or like the three year mark to feel better. There's no end point. So I, instead of moving on, which has that like definitive end goal in my mind, I like to say like moving forward, just like, continuing to like go forth and prosper despite what happened to you and on that path forward there might be a little hiccup along the way and that's okay but you're not like trying to to reach this moment of like total and utter complete like healing from a breakup I guess it's almost like what we talked about in the beginning where like your book's out or there's no like, ah, it happened. It's done moment. Yeah. Like graduating from whatever, accomplishing this thing. There's no, like, you don't get handed a trophy or a medal. There's yeah. no, okay, you graduated from breakup. Like welcome to the next part of your life. It, it is a process. It is not linear. And yeah. you also don't want to just forget about it because like we talked about, like, there are things that you learn. There are things you take away. You grew from this experience, you grew from healing from it and going through it. And it's okay if you kind of relapse and feel sad or you miss a person or you still have love for someone. That was something Mm -hmm. I remember I went through a really, really bad breakup and it was the first time I was ever in therapy. And Mm -hmm. I kept trying to like argue with my therapist at the time where I was like, well, I don't think I'll ever like be over this person. I'll always like love them. Like, how could I ever just move on? And he was like, well, I've been married for 40 years. I'm so in love with my wife. She is my person. There are still people from my past that I'll always have love for. And that's okay. That's human. And I thought that that was really, I I almost like couldn't process that at the time because I was like, no, but but I'm in love with this person who doesn't want to be with me. What do I do? Mm -hmm. But it's okay to always have love for somebody. It's huge. Or to always remember them and have them as a part of your story. Definitely. I think I it took me a while to recognize that and come to terms with the fact that like, you know, you can you can visit a place that you visited with um, an ex and still feel reminded of them and feel emotional because it once held emotional meaning to you. And it doesn't have to mean you still like them or anything. It just means they once meant something to you. Like that is a normal feeling. We need to normalize like the fact that many of us have exes. We have pasts with like emotional ties. It doesn't mean we're clinging to our past. In fact, it makes us more mature that we're able to look at our past and own our emotions from it. Absolutely. And as time goes on, you might not feel that way anymore. Like you might get to a point where like I definitely do not still feel any form of love or any positive feelings towards this person actually. Um, but as hard as that experience was, I'm still glad that it happened because it made me who I am. 
Definitely. I think that was, that was the main thing with this guy, the first love, like I, I don't want to say hatred, but I don't, I don't like him anymore at all. And and you're allowed, you're allowed to feel that way. But regardless, I saw, as I mentioned in the little blurb that he was doing a project with a friend recent, not recently, but when I turned in my book recently, like I said, it was one of the last things I wrote. And even though I strongly dislike him, he felt closer to me physically, physically in the form of a social media post than he had been in three years. And that was hard. And it's okay to admit that. Yeah. It is like a shock to the system when you see something like that. Yeah. And it's crazy how you can suddenly feel like back in a place you were mm-hmm. years ago or like, oh my God, this I haven't thought about this person. I haven't let them impact me. And now why do I suddenly feel the way I feel about this? Yeah. You know, it's okay to remember. That's something I've definitely learned, I think, in writing this book. It's okay to look back on experiences you've gone through and reflect on them and see what you've learned from them. And it doesn't have to mean you're like ruminating over them. It just means you're like working on yourself to become like a more emotionally rich individual by reflecting on your experiences. So it's okay to remember like you had an ex in the past. Cool. You can remember that if it gets, if you get reminded sometimes and that's perfectly healthy. Yeah, exactly. One thing I noticed that I wanted to ask you about. There was one point in the book where you said like somebody was kind of a rebound or you were looking for a rebound after getting out of like a year long relationship. But I noticed you didn't actually talk about that year long relationship in the book. And I don't think you did at least. Some of the experiences that you wrote about, they weren't the longest relationships. They weren't people you were in serious relationships with. Some of them were people you only met once or like had this one night romantic thing with, but they still impacted you Mm -hmm. and your life. And you still learn so much from those experiences. And that's kind of one, the point I wanted to make is how sometimes people are like, Oh, well, I've never been in a relationship. So I don't have any relationship experience. I don't know what I'm doing. Or is anybody going to not want to date me because I'm 20 or I'm 30 and I've never like been with somebody. It's like mm-hmm. some, you don't need to to be in a relationship to learn things about how to be a partner yeah. and, or about yourself. And so many of these experiences you wrote about weren't defined boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, but they yeah. still impacted you. Right. I think out of 14 chapters, two of them, we're relationship sort of (laughs) relationship, whatever that meant. But yeah, most of them were just like situationships, like talking for a year on and off. I think that's what you were referring to. Like I had a thing Mm -hmm. where I would go back and forth with someone for a year. Will he, won't he, does he want me? Does he not want me? And I was so emotionally drained from that situation. So those are the types of things that you, that you learn a lot about yourself and like, yes, sometimes like the short lived two, three month relationships like can teach you a lot, but also like that guy who was like 29 or 28 that I went out with that one night. I learned a lot from that too. Yeah. (laughs) You make a good point. Yeah. There's always something you can take away from an experience and just because it wasn't defined doesn't mean it Mm -hmm. wasn't important. Doesn't mean that feelings weren't there. Exactly. 
people can't leave if they were never there for you to begin with. One Tree, One tree Hill. Hill. <laughs> Gary Burke. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think that is such an amazing way to process ghosting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I just need everyone to hear it. So wait, the first part of the quote. Basically. People always yeah, people always leave, but sometimes they come back. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I give this one tree hill quote in my book. I'm obsessed with One Tree Hill, they were out. People always leave. And that is stuck with me through everything. Friendships, relationships. I always say people always leave. Like when another guy left, people always leave. And I would reflect on it and once one time I was just sitting down and I was thinking about this guy and like getting ghosted, as you mentioned. And I was like, but did he really leave? Cause he was never really there for me to begin with. So that's kind of when I got to that like epiphany, people can't leave if they were never there for you to begin with. So sorry. People can't know. leave if they were never there for you to begin with. I love it. Yeah, it, it like that needs to be plastered. Like that needs to be a, freaking billboard in New York city. Mm-hmm. I think people will find so much peace if they can remember that when they get ghosted or when something doesn't work out, because more often than not, when you reflect on those situations, those people weren't there. They were not showing up for you. They were not saying anything to kind of, or showing like they're, maybe they were saying things, but they weren't showing that they were there yeah. for you. And it was never going to be what you maybe romanticized it could be Mm -hmm. exactly yeah I think I'd become so numb to ghosting at that point like I had just been ghosted and ghosted and ghosted and I was like whatever like another one left people always leave people always leave but they were never really there like it's I I had to like kind of like give myself a slap in the ass and say like people can't leave if they were never there for you to begin with like sorry one tree hill write a letter to the writer of the show yeah right (laughs) What I forgot who said, I think Peyton said it. Peyton, it was definitely a Peyton line. Yeah. Like, was Chad Michael oh, yeah. really, like, really there for Peyton ever? Like, I don't know. I haven't watched the show in a minute, but <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch it just to answer that. I feel like that could be like a whole dissertation of like, was Lucas really there for Lucas, Peyton? That's his name. I say it's my favorite show. I haven't watched it in like five years. So <laughs> I need a refresh. Yeah. Um, okay, before I let you go, two final questions. Mm-hmm. My favorite question to ask, what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice that you've ever received or have to give? Okay. Two-part question. First, the best relations relationship advice I have to give is just to be yourself because if you're attracting energy that is like attracted to something about you that is false, like I mentioned in my book that I told a guy I was into clubbing and I attracted like some drunk. So that wasn't like for me. So it's just like a waste of time. Like be yourself and you'll attract someone who likes you for you. Like, why waste your time just trying to be someone else? It sounds like simple and cliche, but like really just like be yourself. Come on. That's, that's like my main piece of advice. Best piece of advice I've been given was, I think it was recently, just to not be afraid of like conflict in a relationship I feel like that's so like under talked about like you look at some of these relationships like 
you know, the first love where it was just all like first surface level, like happy. We didn't fight ever. Like you should have uncomfortable conversations. Like a little conflict is healthy and normal. If you're not having an uncomfortable conversation with your partner once in a while, something might be wrong. So I think that was a really good piece of advice, just not to be afraid to have those uncomfortable conversations with the person you're dating, not be afraid to make mistakes. Like, don't try to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. As long as you two are able to like sit with each other and talk it through maturely and listen to each other and take turns talking without interrupting, like that's, that's what's important. And that's something I always valued and I, that I wanted in a relationship that I that I talk about in the book, but was never able to achieve. Absolutely. I think the uncomfortable conversations, the things that you're afraid to talk about or afraid to say, those are the most important conversations you need to be having. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Carrie Burke, thank you so much for being here. Congratulations. Wait, you had two. Yeah, it's where can everybody find you and oh, get the yeah. book. There's <laughs> <laughs> really an intense question coming. So keep it, no, keeps keeping you on the edge of your oh. seat. No, you passed the intense question test Ooh. with flying colors. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yes, you can get my book. I think by the time this podcast comes out, it's available, right? Yes, it is. It's out. Okay, so my real life rom com is available now on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart basically anywhere you can everywhere anywhere everywhere you can buy a book and you can follow me on instagram at carrie burke i'm posting a lot of behind the scenes content from the book cover shoot and all sorts of stuff from the book party that's coming up amazing guys you have to get the book like i carrie i read it in one sitting and i'm a bad reader like i will like try so hard to read and struggle getting through books and i literally i could not put it down thank you congratulations thank you for sharing your stories with us and and thank you also for coming on the show thank you okay all right you guys thank you so much for tuning in share this episode with a friend post on your story go get the book it is linked in the show notes follow carrie also linked in the show notes and i'll talk to you guys next time thanks for listening daters i hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there no matter what your status might be give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead and if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories reach out to seeing other people podcast at gmail.com and in the meantime keep on seeing other people